لَهُ مُعَقِّبَاتٌ For him, meaning to Allah belong, مُعَقِّبَات To him belong مُعَقِّبَات Meaning he sends them. مُعَقِّبَات is the plural of مُعَقِّبَة عَيْن قَافْ بَا عَقِب عَقِب is heel. Now when you're walking, what do you do? What do you do? You step your foot and then you lift up the other, right? And you put your heel down and then you keep going ahead. You keep walking forwards. So مُعَقِّب is one who comes after the other. In succession, one after the other. Meaning in rotation. So when you're walking, one foot, right foot, left foot. Right foot, left foot. It doesn't stop. It's successive. You cannot walk with you know, right foot and then you pick up the right foot again. No, it doesn't work like that. It would be very awkward. So it's in succession, rotation, one after the other. So he sends مُعَقِّبَات Who are مُعَقِّبَات? Angels that Allah sends in succession. To who? To his servants, to people. Where? مِن بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ In front of him. وَمِن خَلْفِهِ And also behind him. Meaning angels that are present before a person and also behind a person. Think about it. Think about yourself. Angel in front of you. Angel behind you. Angel in front of you and behind you. And this also means that angels that are in front, meaning their one shift is leaving, and from behind, another shift is coming. Constantly, a person is being watched and guarded by who? By Allah's angels. يَحْفَظُونَهُ They guard him. مِنْ أَمْرِ الله At the command of Allah. Because Allah has commanded them to guard His servant. Now remember that the angels, they guard us in two ways. First of all, they guard us as in they protect us. And secondly, they guard us as in they guard and preserve our deeds. You know, it's like once a companion, he was praying salah, and when he got up from rukur, the Prophet ﷺ said, سَمِعَ Allah لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ And what did that companion say? رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدُ حَمْدًا كَثِيرًا طَيِّبًا مُبَارَكًا فِيهِ Right? So what happened? So many angels, they leaped forward in order to catch those words. They rushed in order to record those words first. So when we say, when we do our words, our actions, it's like the angels are catching them and recording them, preserving them. And they go and take them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person is sick, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends His angels to that person. Why? To witness that person, his reaction, his words. And then Allah asks His angels, what did my servant say? Allah knows already what that person is saying in his pain, in his sickness. But Allah sends the angels also to witness. And then the angels tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about what that person has said. And if there are words of patience, of ridha, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also happy with that servant. And Allah makes the angels a witness to that approval that He is giving to His servant. That servant should be granted good health. His blood should be replaced with better blood. Hmm? Whatever is ailing, whatever is sick in his body should be replaced with what is better. Likewise, when a person, he loses his child. When a person loses a child, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the angel of death that you 
took my servant's child? Obviously the angels did it because Allah told them. But Allah asks them, as if in surprise, you took my servant's child? You took the apple of his eye? Like the happiness of his life? You took that away from him? And the angels say yes. And Allah says, what did my servant say? So if there are words of happiness, of ridha, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, make for my servant a house in Jannah. And call it Baytul Hamd. The house of praise. Because he praised me in his difficulty, so now he will be given a house in Jannah where he will be praised. And he will forever praise and glorify Allah. So Allah sends angels to us. Remember, we're not alone. He's watching us. And then He sends His angels to keep an eye on us. What we're saying, what we're doing, how we are reacting, how we are behaving. لَهُ مُعَقِّبَاتِ Constantly, we're never alone. And these angels, remember there are different kinds. Some come during the day and the night. And there's a hadith that tells us very clearly about this. The Prophet ﷺ said, angels take turns around you. Some at night and some by day. And all of them assemble together at the time of Fajr and Asr prayers. Then those who have stayed with you through the night, they ascend to Allah who asks them. And He knows the answer better than they. But He asks them, How did you leave my servants? Meaning what were they doing? And the angels reply, As we found them praying, we left them praying. But this is for people who were praying. Fajr and Asr. For people who were sleeping, then the angels probably say that we left them as we found them, sleeping and lazing around and wasting their life. We're never alone. And remember the meaning of hifz. The angels guard, protect. What? Our deeds, our words, our reactions. And also they guard us, meaning from dangers. In a hadith we learn, not a hadith, a statement of a scholar, Mujahid Tabiri. He said, there is no person who does not have an angel appointed to protect him. When? When he is asleep. And when he is awake. So there are the angels that are kiram and katibin. Okay? Then there are the angels who are sent occasionally. And then there are also angels that are appointed to guard us when we're sleeping and when we are awake. From who? From the evil of the jinn and other people and savage beasts. None of these come to him, but the angel tells it, keep away. Keep away. So for example, a person is standing and all of a sudden somebody throws a ball, okay, right on their face and this person is wearing glasses. But what happens that ball, instead of hitting the glasses, what does it hit? the side of the head or just whizzes by, literally just you know, scrapes their side or something. Has it ever happened? Something like this, can you think of it? It happens all the time. But you just miss it. You just miss it. Literally with a millimeter, a centimeter. Somebody is just about to hit you from the back. It's like, you know when two cars are about to collide? So what happens if some harm is not decreed for a servant, then that angel protects the person and tells that harmful object, keep away, keep away. You cannot hurt him. But if some harm is decreed for the servant, 
then what happens? The angel just steps away. And that harm, it befalls the servant. It's like once Ali radiallahu anhu, he was told by someone that some people are planning to kill you. Some people are planning to kill you. They're going to harm you. So do something to protect yourself. Ali radiallahu anhu said very confidently, with every man there are angels guarding him from whatever has not been decreed for him. When the decree comes, they move away from him and let it reach him. So in other words, if these people are meant to kill me, it's going to happen. And if they're not meant to kill me, then the angels are going to guard me and they're going to protect me. Your fixed lifespan decreed by Allah is a protection for you. Hmm? So the angels, they guard and they protect from danger, from harm. When a person, he goes to bed, but before he goes to bed, he does wudu. Then you know what happens? An angel spends the night watching him, guarding him, protecting him from shaitan. And that angel is not standing by the door of your room or standing by the side of your head, in your bed, making sure that nothing hurts you. It's like you are surrounded and covered and protected all over, from the side of your head and your feet and your right and your left, all over. I mean, think about it. At nighttime, what kind of scary things come out of the earth? Creepy crawlies. I mean, there's bugs and there's spiders and there's ants. So many things. We have a small pool for the kids in the yard and yesterday, day before yesterday, I forgot to cover it. So yesterday when I got home, I saw there was a dead mouse inside it. Dead mouse inside it. And just the thought of a dead mouse being in that water was difficult to bear. But I was like, where was this mouse before? It came during the night. Couldn't have come during the day. It came during the night. Now just imagine, if these things, they were hurting us from everywhere, from above, from below, from our right, from our left, life would be very, very difficult. I mean, our bodies are so delicate if you think about it. Something, if an ant goes inside your ear, can you imagine? Can you imagine if a fly goes inside your ear, a mosquito goes up your nose? I mean, Allah is protecting you all the time through these angels. And yes, there are times when we are hurt. Why? Because that protection is not there. Why is that protection not there? Maybe we didn't seek Allah's protection. We didn't say, Bismillahi ladhi la yadurru ma'asmihi shayun fil ardi wa la fil samai wa huwa samiul alim. Or it was meant for us that harm as a test. So, yahfadunahu min amrillah. Allah says, Inna Allah, indeed Allah, la yughayyiru, He does not change. Ma biqawmin, what is with a people? Hatta until yughayyiru, they change ma bi'anfusihim, what is with themselves. The state of a people is not changed by Allah until people themselves strive to make a change. If a person is not willing to change himself, to improve himself, to improve his condition, then a miracle will not happen and things will not change just like that. What happens is that we just rely on the angels or we rely on du'as, thinking that don't do anything, Allah's angels are there, they'll protect you, do nothing. No, you rely 
on these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you, but you also have to do something yourself. Otherwise your situation cannot change. In Allah la yughayruma biqaumin. And this is Allah's law. This is his law. A person has to fix his faults himself and then Allah will help him also. A person has to take responsibility to improve, to make something better. He has to be committed to bring a change and then Allah's help will also come. What happens is that we depend a lot on others for change that needs to happen in our lives. So for example, we want to become more organized. And we think that to be more organized, we need to have you know, this particular app that we have to buy for $5. And we need to have all the space in our work area, a big desk, a big shelving unit, right? And then everything will be organized. But does it work? Just because you go to Ikea and buy $1,000 of this furniture to organize your things, does it mean that next day you'll be organized? No. You can be organized if you want to be even without any furniture. You can be. And if you will be disorganized even with furniture that costs thousands of dollars and systems that may be very complicated. Don't depend on external things for change. Take responsibility yourself. And when you will take responsibility, you will try to create a change, then what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also guide you and show you the way. Because this is Allah's law. Nothing will change unless people themselves want to change. You know, for example, your health. If you want to improve your health, if you want to improve your you know, physical body in the sense that get into shape, then what is it that you need to do? What is it that you need to do? Go sign up at a gym and pay $50 every month? Is that what you need? To bring a change in your body? To have a healthier body? To have a more physically fit body? And every month when you see your bank statement, okay, $50 went to the gym, like, oh, at least you know it's helping my body. And you don't even go to the gym. Or you go and on your way back you have an ice cap with a muffin. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? It's not going to work because you're not committed to make a change. If you're committed to make a change, then you can make that change even without paying a dollar to a gym. By changing your eating habits, your sleeping habits, your lifestyle, you can work out in your basement. You can work out you know, in your backyard, inside your room. That's if you want to work out. If you want to make a change. Alright? Likewise, if we want to you know, increase in our finances, in our money, we think only if I have a job that pays me $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month, then I can start saving. No. If you're serious about it, you can survive even with a little bit. And you will make do even with a little bit. You can save up even from that much. Because you want to make a change in your life. You have taken the responsibility yourself. And remember, this is Allah's law. Allah's law. This is something that you see in your physical life, in your worldly life, and also in your religious life. You know, we want to, let's say, improve in our Qur'an recitation. Hmm? Or we want to make sure that we are of the reciters of the Qur'an. How will that happen? Just by hiring a Qur'an teacher? 
and paying them a big chunk every month? No. You have to read. You just have to sit there with the Qur'an and read and read and read and read. There is no other way. You have to recite. And if you're not willing to make this change, then change, a miracle is not going to happen that one day you wake up and you have perfect tajweed because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you with perfect tajweed in your mouth. It's not going to happen like that. You have to strive and Allah will help. You have to strive to make that ha, to make that ayn properly, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open those passageways for you also. Yes. When I started my reading, first she switched to me the and she said to me, go from Alice. And she all the time stopped me. One day I was literally thinking I'm going to quit. And she said, okay, you're going to go and record my lessons. She only gives 10 minutes, right? And she said, alhamdulillah, I like my strict teachers. Alhamdulillah. But what happens that if we are told to make these basic, basic changes, fix our alif and fix our ba and fix our kha, we're like, uh, this is not happening. But the thing is that if you want to improve your tajweed, it doesn't begin with fancy tajweed rules. It begins with what? Basic makharij. Doesn't it? Begins from basic makharij. If you don't have those right, if you cannot make a change over there, improve over there, you cannot improve up there. Right? So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ People have to take responsibility, they have to bring about a change, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate that change. He will improve their condition also. Now if you think about it, many Muslims, I mean, we're suffering in so many ways. And we think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not being merciful to us. But the problem lies where? In ourselves. If we are not willing to change our ways, then how do we expect the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come? You have to strive for change. If you think about it, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in Mecca, I was reflecting the other day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have told Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa to leave Mecca even in the fifth year. Right? In the seventh year. In the tenth year. But it didn't happen. In the thirteenth year, at a point when mushrikeen were ready to kill him, they were ready to kill him. Together they were ready to kill him. Then Allah told Prophet ﷺ to leave Makkah. Then he was given permission. Why? Because until that point, the Prophet ﷺ was striving for change. Right? To better the situation over there. To deliver the message to the people in Makkah. And things had to be ready in Medina. Circumstances had to be ready over there for him to come. So the prophets of Allah, they had to strive for change. And then Allah's help came. And we think we can just sit there and miracles will happen. Allah's angels will go and fight for us. It's like the Bani Israel when they were told, enter the city. What did they say? Ya Musa, we're sitting right here, you and your Lord go fight. We have the same kind of mentality. We have the same mentality. Do nothing, tawakkal ala Allah, Allah will make everything happen. No, you have to do something yourself also. When you will take one step for change, Allah will allow you to change. Allah will improve your condition. This ayah means something else also. Which is that Allah does not change the state of a people. What state? A good state. So for example, people are you know, enjoying Allah's blessings. Hmm? Good times, health, money, happiness, everything's good, everything's perfect. 
And then all of a sudden, happiness turns into misery, sadness. Good times turn into horrible times. Those blessings were taken away. Why? Why? Because the people changed. How did they change? In a bad way, in a wrong way. They became disobedient. They were obedient before, now they became disobedient. They believed in Allah before, now they were disbelievers. They were grateful before, now they became ungrateful. So because of that, what happened? Their condition also changed from good to bad. So whenever we see that things were perfect, now what's going on? Why am I suffering so much? Why is there so much hardship all of a sudden in this area of my life? Remember something's going on. You did something. Reflect on yourself. You know, it's like a particular person in your family. Everything was good. Perfect relationship. Spouse, for example. Or siblings, for example. Parents, for example. And all of a sudden, you realize you're fighting with them every day. Instead of loving them, you hate them more. What happened? Check yourself. Are you giving them their haq? Check yourself. Are you giving them their haq? How are you talking to them? How is your behavior with them? How appreciative are you of them? Are you criticizing them more? Or are you appreciating them more? Because of the change in your attitude, your relationship also deteriorated. So it works both ways. You understand this part of the ayah now? Hmm? That when our situation changes, it's because we did something wrong. Or our situation cannot improve unless we create a change, we make a change. حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ You have to take responsibility. Oftentimes we learn things and we work in the way of Allah by seeking knowledge, but we skip the like character part of change. Like we'll change our physical appearance and then we'll go on to teach others about whatever we've learned, but we'll like skip the part that matters most. Like our akhlaq, our actions, our behavior towards others. That we don't change. And we wonder, why are people not supporting me in my hijab? Why are people not supporting me in my Qur'an studies? Because reflect on your behavior. Before you were obedient and now you're rebellious. Before you would comply and now you've become very rude. So, حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Take responsibility of your actions. And then you will see a good change happen in your life. وَإِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ سُوءًا And when Allah intends evil for a people, meaning if Allah decides that something bad should happen to a person, to a nation, فَلَا مَرَدَّ لَهُ Then there is no repelling it. No one can repel it. If Allah decides that something harmful, something dangerous, something that is very hard should happen to a people, no one can change that decision of Allah. Allah's decision is final. No one can protect from Allah's decree. وَمَا لَهُمْ And they do not have مِن دُونِهِ besides him مِنْ وَالٍ Any wal, any patron, any protector. Walin, wow لَمْ يَا Walin is one who guards, protects, defends, one who is a friend. So in other words, if Allah decides something evil for people, there's no escape. There's no escape. Where can they go? Who can they run to? There's no escape from Allah but to Allah. 
Always. So no matter what mistake has happened, no matter what wrong has been committed, what's the solution? Going back to Allah. Because there's no escape from Him. So on the one hand, strive. And on the other hand, seek His help also. هُوَ الَّذِي يُرِيكُمْ He is the one who shows you الْبَرْقَ The lightning. خَوْفًا Causing fear. وَالطَّمَعًا And hope. He shows you lightning. Barq. What is barq? The lightning that you see in the sky. You know, when there is a storm, when there is heavy rain. Hmm? And this lightning is with what? Is it just light in the sky? Or is there something else with it? Hmm? Okay, thunder, noise, a blast, either before it or after it or, you know, around the same time, right? So, when you see that flash of lightning and you hear that blast, both of these feelings come in your heart. Khawf and tamar. Khawf, fear of what? Fear of what? Being struck by that lightning. It's scary. It's frightening to hear that sound, to see that lightning bolt falling to the ground, or to see that flash. It's scary. And at the same time, there's tamar. What's that hope? Rain. Allah's mercy. Right? So both feelings come at the same time. Khawfan wa tamaran. وَيُنْشِئُ And He causes to rise. نُنْشِئِنْ hamza To produce, to cause to rise. He produces, He raises, He causes to rise. السَّحَاب The clouds that are الثِّقَال Heavy ones, plural of thaqil. Weighty, heavy. Meaning rain-bearing clouds. So what do we see here? That in the middle of the darkness, or when there is a storm, then even in that darkness, even in that storm, there is hope. Yes, you are afraid. It's scary to go through those difficult circumstances in your life, those difficult times in your life. It's very scary. So many things can go wrong. You can suffer in so many ways. But at the same time, there is hope. Hope for change. Hope that this will result in something good. So no matter how difficult a situation is, what's the lesson we learn from here? Be hopeful. Have fear of Allah, but at the same time be hopeful also. It's like you know when you hear that thunder, when you see that lightning, it scares you that, you know, what if it's Allah's punishment? But at the same time, the rain reminds you that this is also Allah's mercy. So you should always remain between fear and hope. Don't become so fearful that that fear overcomes you. And don't become so hopeful that you become carefree. No, remain between fear and hope. And يُنْشِئُ السَّحَابَ الثِّقَالِ Such heavy rain clouds. How they're moving. If you think about it, the heavy snow that falls and the heavy rain that falls, so much water, where is it coming from? Above the sky. Have you ever had to carry a case of water bottles? Hmm? A case of water bottles? How is it? It's heavy. Really heavy. Now imagine, that's just, you know, a little bit of water that falls from the sky. And where is that water coming from? Those heavy, heavy clouds. يُنْشِئُ سَحَابَ الثِّقَالِ Nothing is too difficult for Allah. Nothing is difficult for Allah. Something might seem like a huge burden, a huge challenge for you. But for Allah, it's easy. 
So be hopeful, no matter how difficult a situation is. وَيُسَبِّحُ الرَّعْدُ بِحَمْدِهِ And the thunder glorifies Allah, praises Allah بِحَمْدِهِ with His hand. يُسَبِّحُ دَسْتَسْبِيحِ What? الرَّعْدُ What is الرَّعْدُ? Thunder, the sound of thunder. You know when there's a storm, there's lightning, and there's also loud blasts, that is thunder. So this thunder that we hear, what is it? What do we learn from this part of the ayah? Is it just noise? Is it just a blast? It's actually tasbih. يُسَبِّحُ الرَّعْدُ بِحَمْدِهِ And when that thunder happens, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ مِنْ خِيفَتِهِ The angels also do Allah's tasbih out of His fear. They also do tasbih at that time. In a hadith we learn, and this is a hadith that is recorded in the book As-Silsilatul Sahihah, which is a collection of different authentic hadith that Shaykh al-Bani compiled together. So in this hadith we learned that once the Jews, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, what is thunder? Meaning when there's thunder, what is it? Why does it happen? What's that sound? The Prophet ﷺ said, it is an angel from among the angels, responsible over the clouds. He drives the clouds wherever Allah wills. They asked, what is the noise that we hear? What's that noise that we hear? Okay, we understand that there are angels that are driving the clouds, but what's that noise, the noise of thunder? He said, it is the angel of the clouds striking the clouds when he drives them on until they go where they are ordered. Meaning, that sound of thunder is the sound of tasbih. It is the sound of tasbih, of the angels. Especially the angel that is appointed over the clouds. Did you hear thunder recently? Hmm? Just a couple days ago. So much thunder, so much lightning. So that is a time of being hopeful and fearful. That is a time of glorifying Allah and praising Allah. Because the angels, what do they do? They do his tasbih min khifatihi. وَيُرْسِلُ And he sends الصَّوَاعِقْ The thunderbolts. Plural of sa'iqa. What are sawa'iq? Sa'iq a thunderbolt, a bolt of lightning that falls to the ground, you know, with a blast. فَيُصِيبُ بِهَا Then he afflicts it, مَنْ whoever he wills. And it happens that a thunderbolt, literally it will come and strike a person. I remember somebody once told me, there was a storm and they were standing at a bus stop. And imagine, there's lightning, there's thunder, and you're standing outside. She said she was standing at a bus stop. And she said, literally, thunderbolt fell right in front of me. Right in front of her, it fell. She was just literally a few steps away from it. And sometimes it happens that that bolt of lightning actually falls on an individual. Directly on the person. And it can have very severe severe ramifications. Really, it can kill a person. Even if they survive, it can cause a lot of damage to their body and a lot of emotional and psychological problems also later. Because it's a very painful and traumatizing and frightening experience to be literally electrocuted. And sometimes the thunderbolt doesn't directly fall on a person. It falls somewhere else. It falls somewhere else. But what happens? What happens? It reaches the person. Right? Through something else, through a telephone, through you know the ground even. Right? So 
He makes it to fall on whomsoever He wills. And it is possible that sometimes the people whom this lightning falls on, وَهُمْ يُجَادِلُونَ فِي اللَّهِ At that time, they are arguing about Allah. He doesn't even exist. Some are saying, they're doubting His existence. They're doubting His power. They're fighting about Allah, arguing about Him. And what happens? Allah proves it to them right there and then. You doubt my existence? Here. Have a taste of my power and might. وَهُمْ يُجَادِلُونَ فِي اللَّهِ وَهُوَ شَدِيدُ الْمِحَالِ And he is severe in assault. Mihal. Mihal is from Mim Halam. Mahl. Mahl is severe retribution. To powerfully execute a plan against someone. To harm them. To punish them. To take revenge from them. So he is شَدِيدُ mihal. Now this is very scary. That literally... You know, a flash, a bolt of lightning can fall on a person at any time. The chances are rare, but the chances are there. They're rare, but they're definitely there. And who knows? We might be the next person. So a person should never be in a state where he is saying something that Allah does not approve of. Doing something that Allah does not approve of. Something can fall on you from above, can come to you from below, can come to you from your sides. And right there and then you can finish. Allah can punish us immediately in an instant. So never feel safe and secure. Never feel safe and secure. You know when there would be a storm approaching, the Prophet ﷺ would become worried. He would become worried that maybe, maybe this will be a storm that will finish the people. Because he realized the sins and the mistakes that people make all the time, that we make all the time. Well, we sin and we forget. And we think, oh, nothing's gonna happen. No, something can certainly happen. وَهُوَ شَدِيدُ mihal. He is severe in retribution. We learned that Amir bin Abdullah bin Zubayr, when he would hear thunder, he would stop talking. He would stop talking. He would become afraid and he would just stop talking. And he would say, Subhanallah, يُسَبِّحُ الرَّعْدُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ مِنْ خِيفَتِهِ يُسَبِّحُ الرَّعْدُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ مِنْ خِيفَتِهِ Say it everybody. يُسَبِّحُ الرَّعْدُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ مِنْ خِيفَتِهِ It's basically this ayah. But he would say, Subhanallah first. And he would stop talking. That Ya Allah, don't punish us. We are sinful, we are wrong, but please forgive us. So these are times when we should be afraid of Allah's punishment. Just a short video to remind us of what thunder sounds like and what lightning looks like and how it can fall. If you can just turn this light off, please. You see how there's a storm going on? The man just went inside and look at how the lightning fell. Seems like they were just playing outside and all of a sudden the lightning fell.
There was another video I was watching where a plane was struck by lightning. Can you imagine being on a plane when it's struck by lightning? Sitting in a car that is struck by lightning? Walking on a road that is struck by lightning and that road is all wet and you are wet and you also get electrocuted? Where can we feel safe? Where? And it can happen anytime. And we know how quickly... You know, rain clouds can come and how quickly a storm can happen. People were? Uh, people were actually killed in there. And I was just thinking how we had so many thunderstorms recently. And this one's when we were going for Tarawih. We could actually see lightning in the sky and there was no rain. And it was, I guess it was both a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us that, you know, wherever He wants, it happens. Yes. Anywhere that He wants disaster can happen lightning can fall so never should a person feel secure from Allah's punishment from His revenge never should a person feel confident and bold in sinning, in disobeying in doubting Allah's power His promises, never I was studying a few months ago in physics that it's possible so lightning usually comes from the sky to the ground but if the ground becomes charged enough with particles, lightning actually goes the other way around, where it goes from the ground straight up to the sky. So then what happens if there's people or buildings? Okay, so it can come down from above and also go up from below. It can go both ways, depending on the charge. Okay, so yeah, from above and also from below. And this is why a person should never feel secure that just because I am under some shelter, I'll be safe. Or just because the ground is dry beneath me, I'll be safe. No, anything can happen from anywhere. We are very, very weak. Go ahead. It was said a history teacher was hit by lightning indirectly. And she went blind in one eye. Um, In one ear, she went deaf. She had brain damage. She lost eight years of memory loss and she forgot her daughters and she didn't know any of her children. She didn't. So subhanAllah, she had all this knowledge. She went to university, she was a teacher and she forgot everything. It can cause a lot of harm. Memory loss is something quite common. Yes. We were in class and there was one class on this side, one class on this side and there was a door in between. And then all of a sudden, all the students from the other class was rushing like opened the door rushing into our class and uh, and then there was big yelling and screaming and uh, because there was a big uh, thunderstorm coming uh, like it hit their side of the class and then there was one student that was uh, uh, burnt her arms and then it changed from that side to our side and then we we all started moving to other side and one side of the wall, it wasn't uh, big, but it was all down when we were all like just rushing, Trapped we didn't know where to go yeah. so when Allah makes us see these things and hear these things, this is a time of really you know, seeking His protection and begging for forgiveness from Him and glorifying Him and praising Him so that He would save us and He would forgive us our sins because really we are sinful 
And if He punished us in any of these ways, He has all the right to do that. He has all the right to do that. So seek His forgiveness morning, evening, His protection morning, evening. Recitation of these ayat. لَهُ مُعَقِّبَاتٌ مِّن بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ يَحْفَظُونَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ وَإِذَا ش